Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Now, have you ever thought about getting in touch with your local MP or councillor about, or about climate change? How would you go about it and what would you say? Now, there's a national charity called Hope for the Future, which help people express their feelings and concerns around, cli- around climate change. And joining me on the line now from the charity is Jamie Sims to tell us more. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Thank you for spending part of your Friday evening with me. Um, I'll be honest with you, Hope for the Future is a new one on me and probably is on my listeners as well. So tell me about the organisation and how and why it was started. Yeah, so we're a charity that helps people communicate with their politicians on climate and nature issues. Uh, We think it's really important to get everyone's voice heard on climate change and sort of communicate to politicians that individuals and communities care really deeply about this issue and that they have to pay attention to it. So, yeah, we were um, begun in 2013 as a small campaign based in Sheffield in the lead up to the the 2015 general election that was mostly mobilising churchgoers to engage with climate change and make their voices known to, or their views known to parliamentary candidates. And then since then, we've kind of expanded our work to work with a much broader range of people. And since 2017, we've been a, a registered charity that helps all sorts of different groups of people engage with their politicians. But can't people just go and approach their politicians directly? What can you do for them? What can you do for people to help them? Well, I think a lot of people, I guess for some people, they might find the political system kind of complicated or daunting to approach, think about, um, or they might think that the the issues are are too, you know, complicated. Mm. Um, And I think that it's about, I guess, giving people the sort of easy resources to do that and... um, yeah, I, I mean, I also think the the other thing is that people have, you know, people often have very strong emotions about this issue, um, but they don't necessarily know how to communicate something more concrete to, like, their MP or councillor, because obviously, um, you know, particular politicians will have certain certain kind of responsibilities or powers and things like that, so it's actually... You know, you have to ask them something that they're actually able to do rather than just kind of sending them a letter saying, I'm really upset about climate change and you need to do something. Like, it needs to be a bit more tailored than that. Sure. And and again, it's up to the individual to, to cover the salient point. So, as you say, you give that person, um, you know, a tangible tool case, if you like, of stuff to go away and work with. And I guess your work is aimed at everybody, isn't just necessarily organisations or indeed politicians that we're talking about. Yeah, so primarily we work with with constituents, which can be sort of individuals or groups, um, kind of trying to bring them together in in productive dialogue with with politicians. Um, and we don't we don't lobby politicians directly. The idea is that we provide resources, and then constituents are able to take the lead on you know how they want to how they want to engage with the politician. Um, but we just provide the support for that. And I guess this is where your training comes in. So, for example, if I wanted to address an, uh, an environmental issue with my MP, how would you advise me to go about doing it? And what would you do for me? 
So there's kind of two two main ways. Um, each month we have what we call an open training, which is essentially a free sort of online event that anyone can sign up for. Um, you can find that at I'd like on our website. And then the other the other approach is well, also you can sign up on the website for kind of tailored support where we will like work more closely with with individuals and look into you know their particular constituency who their mp is and sort of give them more specific guidance and of course children receive you know awareness about the environment in their schools now as part of the curriculum and you also work with children in schools don't you as an organization yeah we do i think that you know it's 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 incredibly important to get sort of the voices of children and young people heard on on climate change and we can definitely see that there's a high level of of interest in in this issue among the younger generation. We've kind of seen that with like, you know, these rounds of sort of school walkouts over over climate issues. So yeah, we do. Um, we've done workshops across lots of different schools in in many different constituencies, reaching sort of hundreds of students over the last year. We do stuff like um, having kind of eco summits at schools or inviting an MP to a school and getting them getting the uh, students to kind of, you know, put, I guess, requests to them or, you know, ask them to, to sort of do something about climate change. What would you say to people who are listening to this thinking, oh, crumbs, it's just another interview, another discussion about climate change, but we see every day on the news and we read in the papers how our climate, our environment is changing and not for the better. What would you say to you to address... Th- you know the the skeptics that are out there well i think that a sort of yeah what what we offer on this is really important which is that yeah essentially what's the most what's the most effective way to in, to engage in politics to do something about that um cuz yeah i mean i think the 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 effects of climate change are kind of increasingly increasingly clear for for everyone to see i mean when we had it you know when it was kind of 40 degrees in in the summer mm. and the sort of yeah I don't know if you noticed it, it's kind of very much un, unseasonably warm at the moment it's kind of it's becoming very clear I think um, yeah but how easy is it for an organisation like yours not to muddy the water between w- what you do and your key objectives and politics because as you say what you're doing is you're giving the individual the power and the, the the knowledge and training to address this directly with their MP. So, you, you know, you've got to be very careful that you don't become, you know, apolitical or, or, or biased towards a political organisation. Yeah, I think that is that is really important and that's that's something that that we take very seriously. Um, I don't think it's... I don't think we treat it as a kind of left-right thing. I mean, a lot of the work that we do is with Conservative MPs. This whole sort of series of events that we've run this year have all been in in constituencies that um, sort of went over to the the Conservatives in 2019, but we work across all different constituencies and parties. Um, Tell me about the event that you've got coming up about the energy crisis, because you're quite proactive an organisation, aren't you? So uh, what's that all about? Yeah, so the the event's called Your Voice Heard on the Energy Crisis. Um, It's on Saturday, 26th of November, um, at West Bromwich Community Centre. It's a free event which is open to everyone and we're bringing together lots of different groups, sort of community organisations, uh, sort of faith and ethnic minority groups, as well as um, 
uh, experts on energy efficiency who can give people some practical advice on sort of saving energy and money during the the cost of living crisis. And yeah, we're just sort of, I guess, drawing drawing the links between the the crisis of of rising energy bills, which is affecting so many people, and climate change, and sort of saying that you know we need to not be reliant on these the you know fossil fuels that are very the price of them is very volatile obviously because of you know global events and and stuff like that so we really need to be increasing renewable energy production and retrofitting homes in order to you know to have better insulation and energy efficiency and things like that so yeah we'll have a, a workshop there where local people from the community can come together and sort of develop a shared vision of how we might respond to the the energy crisis and then that will be sort of put to local MPs and councillors. Now as a charity and you were saying this at the beginning that you are a charity clearly so how are you funded? So we're mostly funded through foundations there's, there's a few big foundations for example the the European Climate Foundation but we also have individual donations so there's a way to donate on the website and um, yeah people who donate will get a kind of a monthly newsletter with some more of our, our sort of research and information. And you also work with faith groups, don't you? Yes, we do. Yeah, we have a um, we have a dedicated uh, faith officer who can offer sort of specific support, um, kind of linking linking like yeah faith issues. I mean, this is part of, I guess, the the idea that we really need to sort of hear from everyone on climate change and people with all different, you know, faiths and, and views of the world. Um, for example, at the West Bromwich event, we've got a, a Sikh group called EcoSeek, which works in, in the sort of community in that area. Um, but then we've also worked with, um, with Christian and Islamic organisations as well. And is that just to increase awareness into different faith groups? Because, you know, anybody, regardless of, of their faith, or even if they have no faith, they can still come along to the event at West Bromwich Community Centre. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's just, I guess, a recognition of diversity, that different people will have different ways of seeing the world and different things that they want to engage on. I mean, often there's quite a strong sort of environmental factor in in many faith traditions of kind of you know seeing the natural world as something that's that's sacred and that you know humans have to have to protect so i guess it's making those those connections and you know faith groups are often quite deeply rooted in communities so it, it's a good way to reach people how successful would you say your work has been so far i think i think it's been quite successful we've been running a series of events over this year um engaging with people in lots of different constituencies and train lots of people every month and just sort of, you know, use that to kind of increase people's ability to engage effectively on politics. Um, yeah, I think there's also been cases where the, through our work with constituents kind of indirectly, we have seen changes in how, in how MPs have talked about climate change. So I can give one example um, of... Alex Chalk, who's the Conservative MP for Cheltenham, uh, yeah, he'd been quite a strong defender of the government's record on climate change, didn't necessarily think that more needed to be done. Um, we organised a meeting with him and his constituents and another with some local school children, and he kind of 
changed a lot in in how he was behaving in parliament kind of you know asking parliamentary questions about climate change and he was actually one of the people who proposed the net zero emissions by 2050 bill which which later became government policy do you think the uk does enough though jamie no i think that i think that more more definitely needs to be done um such as well i think um increasing in investment in renewables and yeah as i was saying earlier in relation to the sort of you know this huge energy and cost of living crisis there's stuff you could do to to upgrade housing to to waste less energy i also think that you know last year i uh, i was invited by my car dealer to go and have a quote and try out a, an electric version of my car um and after they did all the figures at the end it would have cost me an extra ten thousand pounds to actually change to an electric car yeah. uh, and i sat there and i thought well you know whilst i appreciate the ethos behind changing to electric nobody's got ten thousand pounds sitting in the bank doing nothing um so you know i think there's there's more that needs to be done about things like that because if they want to get people into electric cars and away from fossil fuels uh the figures have got to add up first well absolutely i think this is partly why we're we're focused on sort of directing people towards you know engaging with their mps and councillors and into the political system because you know, it's it's great that that people choose to do things sort of you know individually. Um, you know, I think it shows that people really care about the climate. But if if the policies aren't there to support it, then it's it's kind of very difficult to mm. do. Mm. So this event in West Bromwich Community Centre, it's called Your Voice Heard. And what date was it? Sorry, I missed that. Uh, Saturday, the twenty sixth of November. Saturday, the twenty sixth of November. What time does it start, Jamie? It starts at 11am and goes on till 4pm, um, but people can drop in at any point during the day. Lovely. That Jamie Sims from the Hope for Future charity, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night yeah, Live. thank you for having me. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 7pm. If you love our podcast, then please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne, produced by Andy Caddick.